0: Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card...
1: Right this way.
0: It's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.
2: The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world.
3: We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets
0: Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the
1: iHeartRadio
0: app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: Thanks for listening to the Doug Gottlieb Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday, 3 to 6 Eastern, 12 to 3 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Doug Gottlieb Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR.
6: You're listening to Fox Sports Radio.
1: Boom! What up, America? Doug Gottlieb show. Fox Sports Radio. Hope you're having a spectacular day. The Doug Gottlieb Show is broadcast live from the Farmers Insurance Fox Sports Radio studios. Call 888-FARMERS to switch and you can save an average of $470 on auto insurance. That's a lot of money for a quick phone call, don't you think? That's the average nationwide annual savings survey uh, data July through December 2020. We are
6: farmers. Bum, 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 bum.
1: In the way you're supposed to do it, Philip Rivers has bid adieu. Right, He was basically given a month to think about it. It took him all of a week and a half. And through Kevin Acey, who covered him for years with the San Diego Union-Tribune, he said, it's just time. It's just right. Quote, I can sit here and say, I can still throw, I love to play, but it's always going to be there. I'm excited to go coach high school football. Keep in mind that Philip Rivers is an eight-time Pro Bowler, fifth all-time in yards, fifth in touchdown passes, um, and he's a 55% winning percentage, which is not great, but it's better than, for example, Eli Manning. And I have long been a proponent of PR of Philip Rivers, Uh, For a myriad of reasons, (laughs) one because there isn't anyone who has anything bad to say about him, right? There's no, there is no dark side, there is no bad side, there's no yeah, but to him. Um, That doesn't necessarily make a a Hall of Famer make, but when you combine that with the fact that he basically never missed a game, right? He he was drafted and ended up replacing. uh, and and ended up replacing a guy who Drew Brees became a Hall of Famer in his own right. He came in for Brees when Brees got hurt in his last game as a Charger. Brees was gone anyway, and even though he he played with an ACL tear in the AFC Championship game, he never missed a game, which does help the argument of pocket passers last longer. Uh, he was durable. He was successful. He was likable. He has an incredible football mind. He has that G Shucks Southern thing going on. He talks a little trash, but does so without cursing. I, I don't have anything bad to say about him. But I would also tell you that if it was the real Hall of Fame, he, he probably wouldn't get in, right? The real Hall of Fame is reserved for the greatest of all time, like the greatest of all time. And it's really, really, really hard to put him in there without even appearing in a Super Bowl. Now, there's also the element of, it's not just that he played during the era of Brady and Manning and was outshone by them in Super Bowl appearances and Super Bowl wins, but, and this is the bad part for him, he played in that era and they're in the same conference combined with Big Ben in the same conference. And while the Chargers recently and early in his career were not poorly run, like, they weren't. When, when when A.J. Smith ran the Chargers, they had a great roster. I mean, think about it. You had Phillip Rivers. You had LaDainian Tomlinson. You had Antonio Gates. You had Junior Seau uh, to Sean Merriman. Like, they had dudes. Dudes. So, it wasn't that they're... And Marty Schottenheimer was a more than competent coach. But Marty didn't win the playoffs, and they didn't win the playoffs there. One year, they were the best team in football, and lost to the Patriots on on a crazy play where they had an interception up eight, and then Troy Brown made a remarkable strip. And uh, the Patriots got the ball back and came from eight down, scored, went for two, got it, got a stop, got the ball, and then kicked a field goal, won the game. And then the next year, they go into New England, the AFC Championship game, and Rivers had just beaten Peyton Manning and the Colts, has a torn ACL, plays with it, and LaDainian Thompson did not because he had a sprained knee. So they had some bad luck, but they weren't poorly run early on. But they, the perception of them was that they were cheap. They were in a relatively small market. He went through a move. He went through multiple coaching changes. He never missed a game. And he was the picture of consistency. Picture of consistency. But not having appeared in a Super Bowl does limit a lot of your arguments. More yards, obviously, than Big Ben. Never got hurt. No off-the-field stuff Big Ben had. You know, better regular season record than Eli, but none of that postseason success. And then you have Brady and you have Peyton, who aren't just all-time greats. Arguably, two of the three or four greatest ever. And Oh, yeah, by the way, they're in the AFC. He couldn't beat Brady in the playoffs, got a couple of chances to do so. He did beat Manning in the playoffs, but that was the year in which they got hurt and lost to Brady ultimately. If this was the real Hall of Fame where you're picking out only the very best of the very best, then he probably doesn't get in. It's close because how do you put Marino in and not put put Philip Rivers in? The only argument is that Marino did appear in one Super Bowl And Rivers never won an AFC championship game. But I'd also point out that there is something to being a good guy, being likable, being affable, being somebody that people want to be around. You know, like that, that is, it actually is part of how we view you. And you may say that's arbitrary. You may say that's unfair, but that's life, right? That that's the whole TO thing. T.O. put himself ahead of team. TO was about himself. TO was arrogant, aloof, obtuse. All the negative words I can think of. Now, the, the production, totally there. Hey, but he got ran out of every team he ever played for. Ever. It wasn't like there was like Randy Moss, you could sit there and go, like, you know, the Raiders thing didn't work out. They were bad. He was in a bad place. And, yes, it did end poorly in New England, but he was and is still beloved in New England. You could say what you want about Randy Moss. New England has great feelings for him. Terrell Owens, the people who are Terrell Owens fans are Terrell Owens fans. They're not Niners fans. They're not Cowboy fans. They're not whoever else he played for, Bills fans. They're not Eagle fans. They're T.O. fans. Because you're a fan of a team, you realize... That he, even though he's talented, and his talents did at times help you win. It's like it's like we all point out the the Eagles Super Bowl, like, man, he played come back early from a broken leg. Like we do realize they reached the Super Bowl without him and may not have reached the Super Bowl without him had he been there because he would call out Don McNabb. Doesn't mean he's wrong to do it, but the fact that he's aired dirty laundry publicly does make him wrong. Terrell Owens, he had to wait a little bit to get in because nobody liked him. And you can say, well, that's not part of the that that's not part of the, the calculation. Why not? It's not just a team sport, it's the ultimate team sport. So don't contradict yourself and say, it's a team sport, but you know, it's an individual award. Yes, but the individuals should be awarded if all of their teammates love them. If everybody loves you and you're in a position where and a style where people can, frankly, be haters, I think that makes your case even stronger. I I enjoyed watching Philip Rivers played for all the years with the Chargers. And he suffered a similar fate to that of Dan Fouts. There were some great moments, some great throws, some incredible seasons, but there was no Super Bowls. He will absolutely get into the Hall of Fame. And he'll get in as a first ballot Hall of Famer, not just because of his on-field success, but because of his immense likability to anyone and everyone. And you know what? I'm not only okay with it, I get it. Because that is what life is about. Life is, in fact, a popularity contest. People have to like you. And two, that is actually what uh, the Hall of Fame is about. Some of it is about... Do your teammates love you, want to play with you, want to play for you if you're a quarterback? And the answer is a resounding yes for Philip Rivers. It's the Doug Gottlieb Show live from the Farmers Insurance Fox Sports Radio Studios. Call 888-FARMERS to switch and you can save a bundle on your auto insurance. A huge matchup between Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers in the NFC Championship game. One of these quarterbacks had what I think is the best and most interesting point about this game reflecting on the last time these two teams played. I'll share that with you next.
6: Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app.
9: Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: I like something called congruent arguments. Congruent arguments. Brahmos, you know what a congruent argument is?
0: Uh, I couldn't say it exactly the way you're probably going to say it, so I'm going to say no, just for the sake of you doing the correct way.
1: Uh, Okay, a congruent argument means... Um, the same shape or same size, so you're comparing things that are equal, right? It means, it's basically, uh, what's the old expression, what's good for the goose is good for the gander? Is that right? What's good, right? You know, do you know that one? Do you know that one? Music, music's like, no. That What does that mean? Um, what's good for the goose is good for the gander. It's used to say that... Um, one person or situation should be treated the same as another person in a situation treated. If, you know, if Bobby can go out with his friends, why can't I go out with my friends? Right. I want to go to Jimmy's house. Jimmy, you know, Jimmy gets to stay up till 1030. Why can't I stay up till 1030? We're in the same grade. Right. What's good for the goose is good for the gander. Um, so I, I use that with my congruent argument, congruent argument, argument, And basically, Aaron Rodgers is saying the exact same thing. So Aaron Rodgers was on the Pat McAfee podcast, and he had this to say about the importance of their loss to the Buccaneers earlier this season. I think the week six game matters as as much as when the Saints went to their place, the Buccaneers, and beat them 38-3. to The point is that if we're going to say that We have a huge takeaway from a regular season game between the Buccaneers who, after trailing 10-0, just boat raced the Packers. Then you have to do the same thing for Buccaneers versus the Saints, and the Saints beat them twice in the regular season. That, my friends, is a congruent argument. That, my friends, is what's good for the goose is good for the gander. Hey, look, you can sit here and go like they already beat us and it's a bad matchup, but couldn't you say the same thing about the Saints? And how did that game turn out? And and in fact, the Saints-Buccaneers, I actually think, is a perfect parallel because what happened in the first two regular season matchups? Tom Brady turned the ball over too much. What happened in the playoffs? Tom Brady didn't turn it over. Drew Brees did. Jared Cook did. Who lost the game? What happened in the Packers game? Two straight interceptions by Aaron Rodgers. One was a pick six, and he was never the same. He was shook. They were shook. If he can simply cut down the turnovers, something he usually never does, why aren't they the better team?
6: Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific.
1: T.J. Spenzel is going to join us in a moment. I'll get his thoughts on the adjustments that the Packers need to make and how much he thinks we should take away from that week six Weeks we this came by what do you think in terms of um, I, I agree with what Aaron Rodgers says in premise. I will also point out that sometimes though a team is a bad matchup for you,
7: yeah. I i solely I believe that you just look at the Rams Seahawks matchup. Seahawks had beaten the Rams two weeks earlier, but you still said, Hey, the Rams, are the, you know, always play the Seahawks tough. Rams have had their number and we saw how it played out there. I would also say Doug, I think there's an actual flip side of it as well because I was one of the guys who was like, you know, it's difficult to beat a team 3 times in a season when it came to the, you know, Saints and Buccaneers. And I even look at to beat to to have Tampa beat Green Bay not once but twice. I think is a bit of a daunting task. So I'm kind of on the opposite side of the coin, the way that Aaron Rodgers is looking at it. like I, I actually thought that maybe Green Bay uh, wanted Tampa Bay instead of New Orleans because they already beat the Saints this season. It was something they already accomplished, and maybe the Saints w- would have a different edge. But I look at it differently. I understand what he's saying. I just I look at it differently.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: What about G-Music? Where are you on the, uh, on the comparison of regular season games and how they, how they prepare you to, or how they give you a view of the postseason games?
10: Yeah, I think, I think that sometimes it can be an indicator of a bad matchup, but in this case, the way that game played out specifically, you had an uncharacteristic spurn of turnovers from Aaron Rodgers that I don't think you would necessarily bank on that occurring again, and I really think that it just changed the entire dynamic on how that game had ended up playing out. And I know that the reputation of the Packers was that they aren't a great physical team, they struggle against other physical teams, but I also think they've slowly changed. Uh, I think they have played against teams that are a bit more physical, like even the Bears, you know, I, I know the Bears defense isn't as great as it was a couple of years ago when they first acquired Khalil Mack, but that's still a really good defense, a well above average defense, and they also did well against the Titans who aren't a great defense, but they have a very physical offense and they handled them with no issue. And I know the Rams is a bit different if Aaron Donald isn't healthy, but they still have good playmakers on defense and they did just fine with them as well. So I think they've sort of adjusted and changed their identity to where I don't really consider them very soft as they once were earlier in the season.
1: Yeah. Well, that was their reputation and they, they seemed to shore it up. What's, but it's also fair to say that Tampa had a reputation of not being able to run the ball, and then they ran the ball exceptionally well last week, right? So it's like, wait, I had this whole season of data, and now all of a sudden I'm supposed to throw it out because in recent weeks teams have played differently th- than how they represent themselves. Now, I-, I think it's one of the things that makes it a fascinating matchup, you know. And then of course we have a rematch with Buffalo and Kansas City, but that game had that game had all kinds of moving parts as well because of Buffalo's game with Pittsburgh being moved around, right? Like the the, the re using regular season in the NBA, there's no comparison. In the NFL, though, there's very little comparison. It, it, but sometimes it's just a bad matchup. Let's ask T.J. Hushmanzada, who's a Pro Bowl wide receiver uh, in the National Football League, now part of a spectacularly entertaining and well-regarded radio, slash, radio show slash podcast called Up On Game. He joins us on the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. How much do you think that... Tampa Green Bay Part One plays in the Tampa Green Bay Part Two.
11: Not very much. That game <laughs> they got blown out and it wasn't it wasn't Aaron Rodgers' best game. You score ten and then you don't score again. They ring up thirty eight, I believe, unanswered on you. And so I don't I don't believe both teams have gotten better, especially Green Bay. Both teams have changed. That was so early in the year that you kind of figure out what works, what doesn't work. And uh, you you improve those things for sure.
1: TJ Holmes on our guest in the Doug Gottlieb show on Fox Sports Radio. How do you think Tom Brady played last week?
11: I thought Brady played good. He and I say that because he didn't make a mistake. I believe it was Marshawn Lattimore dropped that pick that should have been a pick. Um, but he threw three touchdowns and he played error free football, and that's what you need in the playoffs. And, and you see on the flip side, Drew Brees throws those interceptions, and that basically was the key to the game. Um, But he he didn't by any means win the game, but he played well enough for his team to win.
1: Does he need to play better in order to win in Green Bay?
11: Uh, You would would say watching that game, absolutely he needs to play better. Now, if he he can give me three touchdown passes with no turnovers, I would say that should be good enough the way Tampa Bay plays defense. They're going to shut the run game down, and you would believe they're going to force him – talking Aaron Rodgers to throw the ball to someone other than Devontae
1: Adams. Um that, that sounds good, but wasn't that the Rams game plan, right? Like we're gonna put Jalen Ramsey on you, we're not gonna be able to throw Devontae Adams and he gets nine catches?
11: If he nine catches, if he gets nine catches it's a problem. There's no but Tampa, you know, the Bucks they, they believe in what they do. They're gonna play a lot of man coverage and when you play man coverage, uh that's everybody manned up and you would think they're going to go to Devontae Adams but I think they'll play man coverage would help over the top of Devontae the corner can kind of play underneath and just force Aaron Rodgers to throw the ball to someone else you just can't give up the big play to someone else you can give up catches just not the big play
1: how good is Devontae Adams in comparison to the other elite wide receivers in the
11: league um the dude is just so good Doug like Guys like myself that really understand the position, and not just say you understand it, but really understand it, the confidence he's playing, what is the way he sets you up at the line of scrimmage, you just don't see guys his size able to do that type of stuff at the line of scrimmage. And I mean, right now he's the best best receiver in the league is Devontae Adams. Second best receiver in the league is uh, Stephon Diggs.
1: Yeah, I mean they're both, and they're both of course playing this weekend. And the traditional narrative is that you don't need a star wide receiver in order to play deep in the playoffs. B- both of those two and Tyreek Hill uh, k- kind of minimize uh, that that narrative. L- let's let let's get to 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 the idea of playing in the cold. Here's the thing: um, you grew up all over the place. Some in Bakersfield, spent some time in L.A., played Oregon State, uh, played at Juco at, you know, at Santa Monica, right, and then you play in Cincinnati um for most of your career i I, what's interesting is brady played in cold weather great cold weather quarterback but one he's 43 so the body doesn't do as well in the cold as it used to and two he's been in tampa for nine months or so your blood does thin out how do you think he plays in that cold
11: man i'm gonna be honest with you i believe he's gonna play well because he had so many years in new england but it's a mindset doug like if you get out there and you're like, oh, my God, it's cold, it, it's bad for you. Like, I, I played in Green Bay one time when it was really cold, and I'll be honest with you, it's cold. But Green Bay isn't as cold as playing in Cleveland, playing in Chicago late in the season. It's cold, but it's just a different type of cold. And, and so I don't believe playing in Green Bay as is, that, is as cold as other cities, and it could be because of Green, uh, Cleveland. You're on the lake in Chicago with the wind and Pittsburgh with the wind. It's just a different type of cold. Like, I can take Green Bay's cold over other cities that I've played in.
1: Really? That's interesting. Yeah. I, I would say, like, it's interesting. I, there are places in the Midwest that feel colder, even though it's, it's so cold. I, I guess would, it, all it
11: the, could be the way their stadium sits. It, like, sits down, so it's not like a lot of wind now there are no fans so that might play a part into it because when i played it with a ton of fans you know it kind of creates a little heat with with there being no fans it could be different but i'll tell you what with the super bowl on the line man uh, i can play a negative hundred degrees it doesn't matter you just got to go play football I mean, you got a chance to get to the super bowl and a lot of guys on that bucks team have never been there and so they're being it being cold is the last thing on their mind
1: can buffalo win in kansas city
11: Buffalo is playing. Buffalo and Baltimore were the hottest teams going to the playoffs. Yes, they can win in Kansas City. It's going to be tough. Defense is going to have to play well. Josh Allen is going to have to continue to play the way he's played. This matchup is fascinating considering Mahomes coming off the concussion. But the way the Bills are playing, man, this is going to be a fantastic game. But the good thing is, man, my two Super Bowl picks before the season, um, it's still alive. Who's that? I had the Chiefs and the Bucks Super Bowl before the season started. I
1: did, did I have music? Did I have the Packers and the Chief and the Chiefs? I think I had the Packers and the Chiefs. I, I
11: be believe wrong.
10: that's accurate. Packers yeah. and the Chiefs. So, so mean, look, man,
11: great minds think alike. We just one of us is going to be wrong.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, the, the, it's I, it's going to be interesting because the the one thing about Kansas City is they do kind of play with their food a little bit, right? They do, and I know that he got hurt last week, and so that changed things. But they do kind of let teams hang around, and I just, you know, you play with fire, eventually you get burned.
11: You know what's crazy? Kansas City is so good that I watch the game and say, okay, they need to score. Yeah, they're going to score this drive. They know they need it. It seems just like when you watch the Chiefs at any moment, if they want to score, they can. But the crazy part about that, Buffalo is almost getting like that now. Like, I have so much belief in Josh Allen that I'm like, oh, yeah, he's going to go down here and score this drive. He's he's turned into that type of quarterback to me now. He's really top five quarterback in the league, and if anybody argues that, oh, I would love to be in that argument.
1: Um, If you're Houston, what do you do with Deshaun Watson?
11: If I can get uh, a couple first-round picks and a high-level starter and then another mid-round pick, you move them. You don't want your quarterback unhappy because it just permeates throughout the entire team in the locker room and, you just don't want that. You don't You don't want the main guy to face your franchise unhappy with what's going on in the direction of the team. You would think and hope it wouldn't cause problems in the locker room because he would be a professional. But when you're unhappy, it's pretty hard to do. That's like your wife says, oh, Doug, I want a divorce. Oh, you know what, Doug? We can stay together. You're going to be like, huh? Every time something happens, you're be like, no, she don't want to be with me. But, oh, we can stay together. Like, oh, we can just stay together. Like, it's no big deal. you you got to move them, in my opinion. And it's perfect because there's teams that pick in the top five that need a quarterback. And so you can do that with the Jets. You can do it with Miami. Um, Miami doesn't need a quarterback, but they pick in the top five. And so, I mean, there's a lot of things you can do. But if I'm Houston, i I look to move them.
1: Okay, wait, wait, wait. Go back. You you don't think Tua – I mean, last year – yeah, I know you were. Uh, you worked out Joe Burrow, and you know there were some reports from other people that that, that there was some arm strength questions. The, the ball just wasn't great, and he had a really good year. Now Tua, no one questioned necessarily his arm strength before, but you watch him, and I, I just there's no nothing, no wow is there, right? There's no wow throws there. I, I you know we're sold on the accuracy, but you know he's athletic, but not an athlete. You know, he's tough, but it's not like he's a middle linebacker. He can throw. He's accurate, but it's not like he's Joe Montana or Troy Aikman in terms of accuracy. And he doesn't push the ball down the field. Do you think Miami should be looking for a quarterback?
11: You know, okay, let's let's go at this really quick. Justin Herbert, who I thought was fantastic, he has Mike Williams, Keenan Allen. Keenan Allen, one of the best receivers in the league. Mike Williams, a high pick. Joe Burrow has A.J. Green. T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd. Who's to a throwing the ball to? Does he have? Does would his receivers, any receiver in Miami Dolphins, would they start on the Chargers or the Bengals? No. And so that's my point. He doesn't have what they have. And now Shan is an older offensive coordinator. Does he have the creativity of a Zach Taylor? Or the Shane Stike, does he have that type of creativity? He's stuck in his ways from whenever. And so it's just a different dynamic. I'm not saying that Tua is this or that. I'm saying that he was playing with a different deck of cards than what Joe Burrow and um, Justin Herbert were playing with.
1: So, are you still, do you you still believe that Tua is a franchise quarterback?
11: I believe Tua needs to be given another year. I believe Tua needs the weapons that these other guys have, because you just said it when we started this, the two best receivers in the league are still playing. And so look what Stefan Diggs has done for Josh Allen. Look at Josh Allen last year and look at him this year. Nobody would have said he was a top five quarterback last year. And in my opinion, it's no question he's a top five quarterback this year.
1: Yeah. Um, uh, a, is it is it Trevor Lawrence and then major drop off or is there another guy to which you think has similar value to Trevor Lawrence?
11: Get let's get get back to me in about a month when I get out here and I see how Zach Wilson and these guys throw the ball.
1: Okay,
11: give me give me give me give me four weeks and I'll <laughs> we get on the field and I'll, I'll see how these guys look. But I believe it's Trevor Lawrence and then everyone else. I, I believe so, but I will say this: I've seen. Zach Wilson was on the field today, and just him moving, dude, he moves like a skilled player. Like the dude is explosive. Like he moves
9: very well, very well.
1: Yeah, I, I think I think who the second quarterback is is going to be, and where they go is going to be very, very interesting. T.J. Hushmanzada joining us on the Doug Gottlieb Show here on Fox Sports Radio. Okay, so do you think do you still think Chiefs Bucks, or do you like the Packers instead?
11: I got to go with my uh, preseason pick. There are, ah, you don't have to do anything. That you,
1: you don't uh, have to well, do anything. You well, can evolve on well,
11: it. Well, I'm going to. I'm going to go with the Chiefs and the Bucks. I, I believe uh, just the experience of Brady, that defense that he has, the skill, guys, the way you have a two-headed beast in the back with Fortinet and Ronald Jones. Yeah, I'm going to roll with the Bucs and say say they pulled this one out.
1: Um, last thing, Phillip Rivers retired today. We don't know about Drew Brees. We assume he's retired. When I see Phillip Rivers to you, what do you think?
11: I like Phillip Rivers as a quarterback. I like his competitiveness. Um, not very mobile, accurate, tough. Don't talk trash, but never curse. Um, I like Phillip Rivers. Just just, just his demeanor, his moxie, and the way he carried himself, um, I like him a ton.
1: Yeah, me, me too. Hey, brother, I appreciate it. we got to get together soon. Thanks so much for joining us.
11: Okay, appreciate you, Doug. Take care. Keep up the good work, buddy.
1: All right, that's uh, that's from up on game, the former Pro Bowl wide receiver. That's T.J. Hushmanzada joining us on the Doug Gottlieb show on Fox Sports Radio. I mean, there's a lot, a lot of meat there, a lot of football there. Woo, good stuff, good stuff. Uh, every Saturday, one p.m. Eastern time, ten a.m. Pacific time, you'll hear T.J. Lavar Arrington and Plexico Burris on a show called Up On Game. You can also download the pod. It's the Doug Gottlieb Show, live from Farmers Insurance, Fox Sports Radio Studios. Call 888-FARMERS, and you can save a whole lot of something on auto insurance. Are the Ravens headed for some huge change in the offseason? Find out next.
6: Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live.
9: Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: Let's get to a game.
10: Game
9: This is game time.
10: It's game time.
6: On the Doug Gottlieb Show.
7: buyer, what do you got? Doug, the game on this Wednesday is... Real news, is fake, fake news. Fake news. Uh, are, are we going to have a, a new drop? I mean, now that President Trump isn't there, are we going to still continue with fake news after today? Or, yes. Okay, I just wanted to, <laughs> wanted to clarify. We did have a suggestion somebody... Uh, somebody threw in on Twitter last
10: week, but I wanted to clarify with the... What was uh, that? What
7: was the suggestion? I, you know, I can't remember. Oh, Ryan Music, You do you remember?
10: It was uh, Dwight Schrute from The Office saying false.
7: Oh, that's what it was. All right.
1: We could have a game called true or false, but yeah. if we're going to have a game called real news or fake news, then the guy who made up the term fake news after making fake news himself gets credit for it. We're going to do thing, We're going to give him credit like he brought he, he made fake news a, a, a mainstream thing.
7: All right, Doug, real news or fake news? Ravens head coach John Harbaugh says he'd like to see the offense more balanced next season. That sounds like real news. You are fake news. Harbaugh said this, the reason why I'm strong on this is because it goes back to the same criticism we've heard the last three years about not being the type of an offense or the type of a quarterback that some people want to see. They're just going to have to live with it because Lamar Jackson has won a lot of football games here and our offense has won a lot of football games here and we're not apologizing for that for one second,
1: end quote. Hmm. He's very defensive and protective of Lamar, um, which you have to be outwardly. And he has won a lot of football games. There's, that, that is completely accurate. He just hasn't won a lot of playoff games. And, you know, you can tell me how high-powered their offense is. The proof is in the playoff pudding, and it doesn't, it doesn't exist. I think there's a middle, middle, ga- middle uh, range there. Like, you know, I think he can continue to develop and push the envelope while still staying true to who he is.
7: All right, Doug, real news or fake news, ticket prices for Sunday's AFC Championship game on the secondary market are at an all-time high for the AFC title game.
1: That sounds like real news. They're real oh. and they're spectacular. Yeah, a
7: friend of the program, Charles Robinson of Yahoo Sports, saying that the average ticket right now for the game on the secondary market, over $1,300, minimum price about 882 Couple of years ago, three years ago, when the Jaguars and Patriots played, average ticket prices was about a thousand dollars. So this one, about three hundred dollars more, uh, to be at Arrowhead on Sunday for Bills and Chiefs.
1: What would you pay to go see? What's the, what's the most you would pay to go see the Seahawks play?
7: Um, I, I'm, I'm, I'm jaded. I, I'll say this: I would pay, Fire. I would pay a couple of thousand dollars uh, for a ma- for Masters tickets. I'd say that it's okay. completely worth it.
1: It is. Yes. Even though you don't get to see like most of the shots, because you're like, it's, it's not even oh, about yeah. Where am I? Oh, Being on that oh,
7: hallowed ground is hallowed worth it. Ground. Yes, yes. The hallowed ground. Because that's and I say 2000 because that's probably about what it takes nowadays to, to get there on the secondary. Have market. you watched the Tiger Doc? Oh yeah. Yep.
1: How good was Armin Yeah. The
10: yeah.
1: f you do. Yeah.
10: <laughs> so good. Rhyme music. So good. So I have a question about the documentary, real quick. Did either of you guys read the book? that Armin Kataian and Jeff Benedict wrote. You
1: can tell me the book's better than documentary?
10: Well, no, that's my question. As I read the book, and some of the reviews for the documentary were, uh ah, it didn't really shed new light on anything. So I didn't know if you guys had done both, if it was worth watching, because I haven't watched it yet.
7: There, To me, there was a, a lot of the stuff that, I shouldn't say that. The stuff about Earl and the stuff about the affairs—there were details that I didn't know. Okay. All the other stuff I thought like was kind of out there. And you had Armin on when we were at the Open, and I think Shinnecock, Doug. Mm-hmm. I think that he joined the show then. Mm-hmm. You know, because and, and, that was about the time he's been on a couple times. Well. Yeah, he's
1: been on a couple times. Uh, I, I I don't know if you guys know. So you go back. I think his first book was Raw Recruits, and my dad was in that book. And it was when I was in sixth grade. Uh, we had a I had a teammate named Lorenzo Liloau and we both joined a different team to win a national championship the center on that team was the lopez twins brother alex lopez we, we, won, a, we won a national championship, au national championship and the story goes that lorenzo's dad suddenly had a brand new minivan and there's no way that they could afford a brand new minivan but so we i go way back with armin uh Ar- um was there new stuff yeah, There was some, there was, it. it's still more powerful to see it and to hear these people and see it come out of their mouth, right? Yes. And to see the moment where Stevie thought he heard a crack in his knee, like those type of things are more powerful than reading them, no matter how um, yeah. vivid the details are when you read them. Some people didn't
7: like it, but to see Rachel, you could tell, I mean, yeah. to give that aspect of it was uh, was definitely new. Yeah. Real news or fake news, Doug? The Browns Chiefs game in Kansas City last Sunday was the most-watched NFL game this season.
1: Uh, that's fake news. You are fake news. Yes,
7: good read. Saints Buccaneers on Fox was the most-watched game. 36.4 million viewers for that NFC Divisional Showdown.
1: That makes sense. Yes. It makes total sense. You know? I mean, those names sell. Uh, it is funny, though. The, the NFL is like, it's not even about market size. Nope. It's about the name of those dudes and the teams that they play you know, the Packers are a draw throw in Aaron Rodgers uh Tampa has never been a draw but you throw in Tom Brady and there you go
7: real loser fake news Doug former Giants teammates Odell Beckham Jr and Saquon Barkley are going to be training together this off season as they rehab from ACL injuries that sounds like real news
6: they're real oh. and they're spectacular yeah that was
7: the message that Saquon had uh, as he spoke with ESPN saying uh he and Odell plan to get together and uh yeah try to come back from their knee
1: injuries Mm, but could have been for, yeah and right former giant and a, and a and a current giant
7: uh real news or fake news Doug basketball teams at New Mexico and New Mexico State can return to their home state estate state regulations will now allow them to practice in New Mexico. That's real news.
1: They're real oh. and they're spectacular. Yes, it
7: is. What the Lobos were in Vegas and the Aggies were in a I think no. A no the Lobos part. the Lobos
1: spent. A month or a month in Lubbock, Texas.
7: Lubbock, okay.
1: Then they spent. Right now they're in Dixie, Utah, at Dixie State, and then they're going to return. But they have been gone for like sixty-four of the last. Uh, 74 days they have not been in, in albuquerque and i Mexico. may have been thinking of the football program i thought maybe yeah. the football program yeah. was in vegas that
7: could yeah. have been it all right doug final question real news or fake news 62 year old Derek cope the 1990 daytona 500 winner will make history becoming the oldest driver to ever start the great american race he'll drive the number 15 car next month's race is that real or fake news
1: uh, well, it's real news he's going to drive, but I don't know if he's the oldest, oh. so I'll go real news. Uh, that's fake news. You are fake news. You are
7: correct. He is going to drive. You caught the trick question. Cope's going to start. Mark Thompson is actually the oldest three years ago. He was 66 years old when he drove in the Daytona 500. Finished 22nd as well.
6: That's game, huh? Game time. This is game time on the Doug Gottlieb Show.
1: Okay, so are you an athlete if you're a driver? Yes. But you can do it at 61 years old?
7: Tip, Hey, tip-top athlete. You know, Maybe he's not at the top of his game, but
10: to be in that
1: car? Music? Yeah.
10: I say yes, but then there's just varying levels of athleticism.
1: I, I, oh, it's a hard one for me. It's a hard one for me because I do think that uh, there's a skill set needed in order to, to do it. I don't know if I would athleticism as much as mental fortitude you do have there are things you need to do that you're incredible i watched ford versus ferrari by the way and that's uh, pretty that's you know 24 hours of le mans amazing so philip rivers is retiring what now for the colts it's actually a fascinating question i'll share with the answer with you next
2: the big take from bloomberg news brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best informed business reporters around the world